the Salty Dogs. Hey, he's talking about us, Jeff. He is. Yeah. I'm, I'm Scott Smith. You finally listened to it for a change, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have it memorized. <laughs> Very good. I'm Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs, which we, means we're going to talk about Buccaneers. Yes. And with a Buccaneer mm. in our, our middle segment. We're hoping, right? <laughs> you know, you have to you have to roll with the punches a little bit in this scenario, and sometimes it takes a little longer to... Oh, yeah. Get your guess, but everybody's been I, gracious. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. It, it amazes me we're able to pull half this stuff off. Because, well, we have a lot of help. Yes, because we're, we're, neither one of us are talking to anybody in person, <laughs> except right now. You and I are in person. We are in the same room, but at opposite ends of a very long time. You know what? We should take a photo one day, and we need to, you can tweet that out. You, know? you need you need one of those cameras where you can, you can take a panoramic shot. Oh. Did you ever see the one from... Um, Qualcomm Stadium during the Super Bowl? Mm. Oh, yes, yes. I, the best thing about that picture is it clearly panned from right to left because it's one image, but on the score, on the clock, on the on the end zone on the right, it's like, I don't know, 5.03, and then by the time he gets to the one on the left, it's like 5.04. Okay, <laughs> so, so... You're not even I'm listening a, to me. Yes, I am, because I have a phone <clears throat> that does a panoramic view, so... You're going to do that now? Let me see if I can do this. It's the kind of thing you do in, like, post-production not while fans are waiting well for you keep talk. talking and it'll be all good all right then let's get to some some stuff that's happened first of all what is the thing that i have been complaining about the most in the last couple episodes well with you you can i mean other than you you complain all the time so but about you but other than that uh let's see what's the issue that's been bugging me hmm. you don't, don't remember no the piped in noise oh that Get okay. over it. I know. Well, I am kind of a little bit here. I will say that I finally read at least one good reason for doing it. Yeah, what's that reason? That um, without the crowd noise, it makes it a lot easier for the defense to hear what the offense is saying in the huddle. Uh, that defense, well, yeah. defensive players already do that to some extent. Hey, go back and listen to last week's Salty Dogs. I told you that was the reason why. I don't remember that. See, you don't listen when I talk. That's the problem. I don't usually need to. Well, I'm just saying. I mentioned that. I, that makes some sense to me because mm-hmm. they already pick some stuff up, and sometimes it's not necessarily the whole play call, but patterns, certain certain words. Maybe they can figure out that, okay, that's usually a run, that kind of thing. Right. So quarterbacks are going to have to either uh, be a little more secretive or quiet, or you're going to have to have, I don't know. It could be like baseball where you – you have a code, so you know you, you 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 make three signs in a row, but you, everybody knows it's the second sign or something like that. Yeah, it it I, I think it's going to be a work in progress. I, you know, they're saying seventy five uh, decibels at the loudest, but the 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 problem. I don't know how they're going to judge when it when the volume goes up and down, because if you're at home, most cl- most crowds get quiet when mm-hmm. their home team has the ball. Yeah. So are they going to lower it down? And then when the visitors no, has it, it's that's just supposedly constant. not. We're going to find out. But I, I, I don't want to harp right. on it too long because I've already complained about it enough. But that's one of my complaints is I don't think that it's going to go well and be um, the same from place to place, at least in the earlier going. I think there's going to be hiccups with it. Right. But anyway, it is what it is. We won't be in the stadium for the first one. No, this is, this is uh, – um, I think this is probably one of the harder things for both you and I, because we are we are not going to be at the the Superdome. And yeah, I mean, if there's any stadium I would enjoy not having to go to, it's well, definitely that one. Yeah, but. there is that. But both of us both of us take pride in what we do, and um, I have missed one game since 1991, and you've missed one game since 1992. 572 of a possible 573 games. Wow, so yours would be 20 more than that. Good math. 
Yeah. Did you include even when we went to Tokyo? Preseason, postseason, yeah. all of it. Yeah. All of it, huh? Wow. So yeah, that is uh, that is going to be um, uh, interesting, but it's going to be also very challenging and exciting because we are going to be working off of monitors, doing the radio off of monitors. Yeah. We're getting a number of different feeds through the NFL. Uh, thank you, NFL, for stepping up because they are, and uh, you will also be at the stadium with us. Yeah. So. That'll It'll be, be cool. fun. Um, I've seen some baseball without crowds, mm-hmm. and it seems fine to me. It doesn't bother me that much. But I, I think crowds in, in NFL games are a little bit more participatory. I think it's so. It's more of a usually more of a low murmur at a baseball mm-hmm. game, um, whereas it really tends to go up and down a lot and, and be based on what's going on. And obviously, home field advantage in a lot of cases. So, but enough about crowd noise. Sure. We'll we'll talk about this next week, whether we loved it or hated it or. Here's a new, you know, so we just, since the last time we talked, mm-hmm. the roster was trimmed to 53. It was. Um, and obviously that's always a big weekend with a lot of moving parts, but things are even different this year. There's so many different rules. And you have done a great job of putting out there what it is. I was uh, at home as things were being cut on Saturday, and I, and I was starting to get confused, and I remembered that you were talking about it, and I remembered you wrote about it. So I went back and looked at it, and then... All the stuff I didn't understand, I understood. Well, I'm going to do that again right now because I think there's a little thing that fans may not know a lot about. Uh, Obviously, everybody already knows that the the practice squad is 16 guys, that you can use up to six of those spots on players with any amount of accrued NFL experience, which is different. So you could put a veteran on there, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, You never could put a veteran. You could. You for a while, you couldn't, and then they started giving you two exceptions where you could put up to, not a 10-year vet, but they could mm-hmm. have a, a couple more years of experience. Uh, everybody else, once they've got two years of accrued NFL free agency credit, they can't be on a practice squad, except when you use an exception, mm-hmm. and we have six of those. But here's the craziest part about the practice squad this year. Each team, each week, is allowed to protect four players out of those 16 that can't be signed away from another by another team. because Which, which I like. Because... Um, if you don't know, the great thing about a practice squad is it gives a, a player an opportunity to stick around and get developed and maybe get promoted, but it does, does that without also taking away the chance that another team might want to sign them. So mm-hmm. if you're on a practice squad and some team wants to sign you to their active roster, you just terminate your practice squad contract and sign with them. So that's a good thing. And we'll throw another wrinkle in. We've done this is we've paid a player as if he was on but the you can't, roster. can't do that this year. You can't. Okay. You cannot. All you're right. locked in. So you can't do that. So, But it doesn't really matter in the one case that you would think it would matter, in this case, that being Josh Rosen, because his salary for the Dolphins was already completely guaranteed. So he didn't, he didn't need to be paid like a huge amount mm-hmm. to go to a practice squad instead of an active roster somewhere. So he'll, I'm pretty sure he'll stick around all year because if the money is not the issue and practice squad versus active roster to start the year isn't the issue – why would you not want to work with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich and Clyde Christensen? You took the words right out of my mouth, except add when you've been living a very rough NFL experience. Yeah, he hasn't had much. He hasn't had a really chance. Good fortune. No. So this might just be the blessing in disguise, so to speak. It certainly looks like he has a, a lot of zip on his passes mm-hmm. out there in the practice field. I agree. But to get back to what I was saying. Sure. Um, so the, the way it works is every Monday, just for a typical week, a Sunday game, every Monday before four, you have to tell the league the four guys you want to protect. It doesn't actually go into effect until Tuesday at four. So between 
the end of the game, the day after the game, a player can any player can be signed away. You can't protect them until Tuesday at four. So up until from on Monday and Tuesday till four, they can sign. Once you protected them, so there still is a window for those guys. So it's not like you could lock one guy in and he could never get away for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're going to sign a guy off of somebody else's practice squad, you're going to want to do it early because it's going to take at least three days to get him into your practice, right? Because of the mm-hmm. COVID protocol, right? So from Tuesday at four on, those guys cannot be signed away. Uh, up through and up to and through the game, so that's kind of cool. It is, and um, the Buccaneers. This will be information that does come out every week. I wasn't sure if it would come out if a team would have to reveal it, but it's actually a, an actual transaction on the waiver wire. It's going to come out at four o'clock or six o'clock on Tuesday, so we will be able to report it all year. And this this first week, our four guys are Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. the other kicker, Greg Joseph, um, wide receiver <laughs> slash kick returner Cyril Grayson, another kicker. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing about that, not to go off on another tangent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just kind of just all over the board right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't mind going off on tangents. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is Ryan Suckup, you know, he played, I think, four years in Kansas City or five, and then five in Tennessee. And that Tennessee stretch in particular was really good. Mm, very From good. 14 through 18, he made roughly like 86.6% of his field goals and had that streak of 56 in a row that he made inside 50 which is incredible, an NFL record. Which is what Bruce Arians is looking for. He wants for. consistency, mm-hmm. especially on the gimmies. Yep. So if if we have the Ryan suck up from 214 to 218, then he's got what he was looking for. And, now, and, and we both feel bad that Matt Gay we got do. cut. Because but we again, had talked about that. Young, but, young kicker, strong leg, there's no chance he doesn't get another opportunity. I, 100%. That's the best part about being a kicker. It's, it's kind of like... Especially a young one. Yeah, it's kind of equivalent to a quarterback. Everybody's going to at least take a look at you. So, yeah, that's good for him. I'll be looking forward to see when, when that next opportunity comes. And keep in mind that there's more opportunities for kickers this year because a lot of teams are putting a second kicker on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams like Cairo Santos in Chicago, maybe. Yes. Um, as an example. Who, by the way, was with us at one I time. I know. That's why I brought him <laughs> up specifically. Just about every kicker in the league, it seems like, has been with us at some point. Uh, and several that are no longer in the league. Yeah. Um, now... I got sidetracked yeah, I know, there. I'm sorry. Uh, the, so is is the kicker, the quarterback, wide receiver, kicker, turner, Cyril Grayson, and cornerback Mazzy Wilkins. And I I think what you're going, what you can't read into in this, is that the Bucks are saying these are the four guys we like the most out of our 16. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, it's possible that one or two of those guys, if you ranked them, would be at the top, but that's not what they're saying. I think it's a strategic thing. <clears throat> if you were to lose your kicker at the end of the week, and somebody had signed away your the kicker you had stashed, you'd be in a bit of a pickle. Mm-hmm. Or if a COVID thing takes out your quarterback room. There you, there you go. And you had a guy ready like there, Josh Rosen. There you go. But somebody signed him away. They signed him away on Friday. That's the part everyone keeps forgetting. And, and I understand why it's kind of getting in the back of the mind. But the NFL is staying very forefront in the COVID um, concerns. And so I do appreciate that if someone does, I mean, they get tested every day. And you get tested the day, the night before a game, or or you get a day before the game. If someone pops of being, even if they're asymptomatic, they can't play. And plus, you might lose some other guys at the same position because they were in proximity. Oh wow! So th- that's why I mean, if you look at the four guys we protected, <clears throat> Cyril Grayson, we know he can return kicks. There's not a lot of kick return depth on this team right now. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, you could say that's you fair. might you, you could say you might use Scotty Miller, and you could say you might use Antoine Winfield, Justin Watson. 
But it's not a lot of guys that really have a lot of experience in it, and neither does Cyril Grayson. But that's another guy that you could use there if something were you know if you were to lose Jaden Mickens, uh, so, uh, Mazzy Wilkins, cornerback depth goes away really quickly when one or two guys get gets banged up. So I just think that they're, and it won't be the same list every week. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the quarterback and the kicker on there a lot. What, you bring up getting banged up. What what's your initial thoughts on first game? really playing against someone else you mean are a lot of guys gonna get full speed yeah well i hope it i I do think that is a concern i just hope it ends up being nicks and bruises Mm -hmm. not not any serious injuries just that just that tuesday morning going oh boy it's been a long time since i've been hit speaking of which right now as we speak on wednesday um we know that mike evans didn't practice for the second straight day today and coach at various points during his press conference while not being crazy forthcoming no. about what's going on did say that even if a guy like Mike Evans has had a thousand snaps for this game <laughs> in practice so he would be fine even if he couldn't practice on Thursday and Friday if he's okay they'll take it right to the wires the way Bruce put yeah. it I, I I think it's a concern of him not playing or it's him a possibility know, or him knowing how to play. no I'm not worried about that okay that's, that's yeah there's always a concern of, of a player not playing but in, in this particular instance there's a Guys mispractice, and there's no, there's no way they're going to play because they just they need the practice. Yeah. But with Mike, it's it's entirely wouldn't be different. much of a concern. But I, I liked how BA uh, Bruce Arians came right out of the right out of the gate uh, on the press conference saying, you know, the injury report only one, only one. Yeah, Mike Evans didn't practice, so that's obviously the good news. Yes. So, um, so uh, so we're playing the Saints. Yep. And uh, last year when we played the Saints, uh, there were two things. By the end of the year, the Buccaneers had 458 points. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many points the Saints had? No. 458. Really? Yeah. And the offensive and defensive rankings, be, that, that was tied for third in the league. The offensive and defensive rankings for the Saints and the Bucks last year were pretty similar. Like the Saints were like ninth and 11th, and we were like third and 15th. That's not that big of a difference. No, not at all. But the Saints were thirteen and three and two and zero against the Bucks, and the Bucks were seven and nine. Two big differences. The uh, two t- big differences. Turnovers. Turnovers. The Saints were plus fifteen, which was second best in the league, mm-hmm. and the Buccaneers were negative thirteen, which was second, which was like mm-hmm. fourth worst. Yeah, bad. And had the the only reason why it wasn't the worst is because our defense actually created a lot of turnovers. And so it. So the fact that we had a league high 41, they forty one, they hid some of those. Do you know how many turnovers the Saints had last year? Bucks uh-huh. had forty one. The Bucks had eight. Is that you? Yeah, but it's I didn't put my no, phone on. Bus. That's okay. You're doing really well, considering that I got all, the cough button thing working. Yeah, you today. got the cough button working, and the lights just went out. And I don't in know why that was. And you never missed a beat. So I'm <laughs> well. I don't need I, to see to talk. I know. I understand, but I'm I'm starting to look around to see what is going Are on. Are people and, fleeing? I don't know. <laughs> we can see the front doors from here. <laughs> I know. If well, like 50 people in a row leave, well, we should be worried. Listen, Frank, the security guard is walking around. So uh, we'll like see. in a panicked way. Or? No, he just uh, you know he just. Doesn't seem overly concerned. So, all right, we'll keep an eye on it. So, I forgot what we oh, were talking about. The Saints. Yeah, the Saints committed eight turnovers last year. Eight. It's amazing. It's an NFL, NFL record. They're the first team ever to go a whole season without getting into double digits. Can you imagine only turning the ball over once every two games, Jeff? This team, the Buccaneers, turned the ball over eight times in the last two games. <laughs> so that's obviously yeah. the gigantic difference. Yeah. 
That yes, yes. The, the other one, and, and that that's that shows why the moves have been made this year. Look, you can you can be on any part of the spectrum on how good you think Tom Brady is going to be as a Buccaneer mm-hmm. and a forty-three-year-old quarterback. You can be at the top thinking he's going to be as good as he's ever been. Yep. You can be at the bottom saying he's starting to decline. I don't believe that, but you can be anywhere on that spectrum. But you still would have to admit you'd have to know that we're not going to commit forty-one turnovers with Tom Brady as your you certainly would hope not it's not going to happen no but but I think I even even if Tom Brady's not Tom Brady and let's say he throws 15 picks which would still, be which I would, think is a would be a career high for him it would be and I and but it would also be a vast improvement of where we were <laughs> yes, and be half as many <laughs> yes about that speaking of Tom Brady I had an inter- nobody ever talks about Tom Brady I know but I had an interaction with him like near it Person to person. Wow. I know. You what happened? You want to hear about it? Yeah, I do. It's really cool. Um, you know Mike down in equipment? Mike Myrick? Yep. Mike, uh, uh, on Sunday I came to get tested, and Mike was coming out as I was getting ready to go in. So, of course, we were social distancing. Why did you do it on Sunday? Uh, I'm just in a habit of doing Sundays. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. And so I just thought, well, I'll just stay I was in, here. You should come up with an eye. i just stay in the streak. So... Anyways, we're, we were talking, and um, I say we had an interaction, and you'll see why. And so we were talking, and then um, Tom came out and said— Was there a, a nimbus of light or, about him? I will say this. I turned around, and I, and I did think, that's Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He's on our I team now. I, I, honestly, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I, and then I, I was like, oh, that's right. He's with us. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, he says hi. Now, of course, he's not saying hi to me, but I'm taking that as he said hi it's to me. It's close enough. Yeah, because I said, oh, hi, Tom. And then Mike started oh, talking. Wow. There and, you go. And, um, you guys are like best friends at yeah. this point. And I don't even have a wife named Giselle, so we're <laughs> really in great shape. So, I, so I, I, I had to share that, that that was my interaction. And, he, you know. My, my closest has been uh, last week one day I was leaving out that through that gate there mm-hmm. driving away and well, I was in the lane to turn left. And you cut him off. No. <laughs> yes. I know I have a certain reputation you as a driver. A, yes. But I did not cut him off. I was, um, I was in the right w- lane waiting for the light to turn green and turn left and he came by in that big black truck and turned right. And, I, and so for a minute there we were relatively yep. close. I thought it was – and that was the other thing I was going to say. I did glance around to see what kind of vehicle he was getting in and, and he, he got into – and I, 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 A real big Ford it with, is, with it a lot is of a nice Ford. stuff yes, on it and, a, yes. and still Massachusetts. And they happen to be our, one of our, our proud sponsors. <laughs> I'm glad they are yes. because I kind of You just kind of threw it out there. there. But <laughs> that being said, it, it's a really cool looking truck. But anyway. I, I kind of like that. I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a kind of oh whatever. That's good. So anyway, like little sports cars. Myself. That's uh, well, I got both. So, but I will let you know. Just just to circle back on that, mm-hmm. I actually am a very good driver. Yeah. Okay. I'm I've, just aggressive. I've, I've I'm seen, aggressively good. I've seen you drive. I shake my head. I've had one minor don't, accident. Don't don't put that in, out there. I'm, don't, in my entire don't, life. Don't. That's, I'm that, not going to talk about speeding tickets, but I've only had one. <laughs> I've had one fender bender. How about how about illegally changing lanes? What does that mean? What is illegally changing lanes? Have you mean? ever gotten a ticket for illegally changing lanes? I don't think so. Aggressive chain, lane change? No. Oh, okay. It's I've just, gotten them for rolling through a, a, a stop sign <laughs> and a right hand turn in a residential area. <clears throat> 
Well, we're not going to talk about okay, this. Okay, enough about that. Yes, so the Saints, the other thing, I was going to say two I, things that were the big gulf between the Bucks and the Saints last year that need to be reduced for the Bucks to be on their level. Because I think the Saints are, are not uh, going to lose. What, should be what else could it be? Turnovers. Is, turnovers is the biggest one. Yeah. The second one is pressure on the quarterback. Mm. Last year against the Saints, two games against the Saints, we got one sack. It was not against Teddy Bridgewater. We didn't get him at all. No. We got one sack of, of Drew Brees in the second game. In our other 14 games, we had 46 sacks or, or like 3.3 per game. But against the Saints, one. And Shaq had zero. Shaq only had four games last year where he didn't have a sack. But Two of them were against the Saints. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, part of the storyline there was after four games, Shaq had nine sacks already and was a defensive player of the month. And the Saints were the first team to go, okay, maybe this isn't a fluke. Yeah, We have to pay a maybe, lot of attention to this guy. They looked at the film and said, maybe we should do yeah. something so about this. There was a little bit of that, but but according to our guys, Shaq and others talking during camp when they were on their Zoom calls, the Saints actually have their tackles, don't give their tackles help a whole lot. They, they rely on those guys, and in this case that's Teron Armstead and the incredibly good Ryan Ramchick. Um, they rely on them to do one-on-one blocking a lot. I, you, you know, I, as you were talking about sacks and whatnot and quarterbacks and everyone's, you know, talking about does Tom Brady have anything left? You know, a legitimate question is does Drew Brees have anything yeah. left? And well, everybody, because he stayed on the same team, everybody's just kind of moving on from that. Yeah, but there have been questions about his arm strength in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. There, yeah. And I don't think it's really like a secret at this point. I think that the Saints have adjusted their approach because he does, doesn't have the same arm, but everything else is still great. His vision, his decision-making, his quick release, his accuracy. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't throw deep very often anymore. That's the one difference. I used and to remember watching to. him throw the, the deep arcing balls to like Marcus Colston and guys like that. Uh, Devery Henderson, the wow. real fast guy. Yeah. He just doesn't do – he only threw deep on 7% of his passes last year, which was like third lowest in the NFL. Do you know this off – I'm just curious because you're, you're always into this stuff – are there really that many deep passes in the NFL? We threw a lot. Yeah. I think we had the highest rate of them. I mean, that's attempts. I'm, yeah. I mean, completions. Um, well, as an example, I think the Saints, uh, I can't remember the number. I'm not going to try to throw it out there. But I'm just saying is that so. Well, I think what you got to remember is that I when when you're looking at a stat service like Next Gen Stats or something like that, they have a definition for what a deep pass is. And while you're thinking the 40-yard bomb, they're yeah. also including a 20-yard pass. That goes for a lot of... That, that's in the air for at least 20 yards. Oh, all right. Not, not a little check yeah, down that no. goes 20. I, I'm yeah. talking... But 20 yards downfield may not always feel like that no, air it out bomb. I'm talking the bomb. I'm talking 40-plus yeah. yards. I don't know where to find those stats broken right. out of that regard. So I'm not so... I, so I'm, I'm there. Okay. The Saints had six sacks in those two games of our guys. Yeah. And we had one. And... Uh, so that needs to be different, which I just think that Shaq and JPP are going to be hyped up. Mm-hmm. But that line is very, very good. That's always been true of the Saints. That's one of the reasons why they've been very good for a lot of years. Most years, there's been some ups and downs, but for most of the last decade, they've been very good. And one of those reasons is they pay a lot of attention to their offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know what they drafted in the first round this year? O-lineman. A center That's from good. Michigan named Cesar Ruiz, who is now their starting right guard. Replacing, they let Larry Wat- Watford move on. Is that the right name? Warford? We had Watford last year. Earl Watford. Larry Warford. They they cut him in the spring after they drafted this guy. Last year, their first pick in the draft, it was a second-round pick, but it was their first pick in the draft, was a center named Eric McCoy. 
couple years before that, or one year before that, they drafted, they had two first-round picks, they drafted Ryan Ramchick. A couple years before that, they drafted Teron Armstead and Andrus Pete. All five of those guys are guys they drafted in the first, second, or third rounds, and they do that a lot. The Buccaneers drafted an offensive lineman in the first round this year, but it was the first time we'd done that since 2006. Crazy. And the first time we drafted a tackle in the first round since Kenyatta Walker way back in the day. So it's, you know, there's different ways to go about it. And certainly the Buccaneers have put a lot of assets into their offensive line, including the big contract for Ryan Johnson and second contracts for Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. But the Saints are constantly using first-round picks on offensive linemen. And they must be good at picking them because they generally work out very well. You would hope, right? If you're going to go I wouldn't hope that. They would hope. I wouldn't hope. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to. So, um... Cuts over the weekend. Anything surprise you? There wasn't a lot of surprise. No, but let, let me think for a second. I was I was surprised that um, our guest last week Ray got cut. I was surprised that that you know. Yeah, they wanted and, to keep him around though. Yeah, they tried, and I, and it was interesting because he did say he didn't feel like he had an up. He he yeah. just felt like he we he could show that. them more. So yeah. that that that's and a he plot. didn't say it as a complaint. It was just a fact observation. Of yeah, um, I wasn't I wasn't surprised about Matt Gay after the the kicking competition. I wasn't surprised about because that. really, what could Ryan Suckup show you in like two practices? Yeah. Unless he was terrible. Because so they're going. They brought him in because of what he's the body of his work. Right. They just want to make sure he looked like that guy. They wanted to make sure his leg was okay because, you know, last year. It was that an was, thing, there yeah. was Yeah. It was, he only kicked six field goal attempts last mm-hmm. year, and then they put him back on yeah. IR. And so, and and they were also looking at, um, you know, the the issue with with Matt was he couldn't kick the close ones. or He, he was, was having, erratic. Yeah. And so. He and, wasn't quite as consistent as they wanted. And, and that's and what they were looking for. This tells me. Yet again, it's obviously not the first thing. It started with the signing of Tom Brady, that this team is all in. Because they didn't want to take the chance of putting together this crazy good roster and have some games come down to the end and you lose it because your kicker, you can't trust your kicker. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to take, they didn't want, because I believe personally that maybe if we weren't that close, you stick with Matt Gay and he works through it, or he doesn't in the long run and then you move on, but you give him another year to work through it. This time they're like, we can't afford to do it. We just can't. We mm-hmm. can't take this great roster and then have a kicker we're not confident in. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, I think that uh, if we weren't that close, as you were saying. But I, I just uh, – this is just me. I, I don't think they want to go through another year missing the, what they believe right. is the kick you should make. Yeah. And – we talked about the one at the end of the Giants game. D- d- See, I wasn't going to bring it up because I still get upset over that. <laughs> but it also doesn't help at the end of the year that you miss three in a game that you end up losing. We in should overtime. do one. We should do one. I mean, not. I mean, there were a yeah, lot of picks. The by, game. There were a lot of picks. Yes, but you miss three field goals and, and it goes to overtime. Yeah, there you go. Um, you we work, should do one you, whole. You work too hard to march down the field not to get any yeah, points. That's demoralizing. That's that's what hurts. I think we should do one episode where the only thing we talk about are the, the topics we hate that somehow keep coming up, like well, like that and the Indianapolis game in two thousand three, and a certain head coach that was here for a couple of years, and things like that. Crowd noise, you can add that piped in crowd noise. Now you can add that the right. Superdome, just one big complaint episode. 
just got. I mean, I, the thing I would complain about in this one is that you're spending a lot of time looking at your phone, and I'm I'm feeling like you're neglecting me. No, I'm just trying to take care of some stuff at the same time. I'm just in a I, my problem. You're such a hard worker. Well, the thing is, is you get going, and then I have to answer something really, really quick. So. My well, best. this is supposed to be a give and take. It is. I was talking about the cuts. And I think the biggest surprise isn't necessarily one particular person, but that um, four undrafted rookies made it through the first cut. Mm-hmm. That was Huge. everybody's been saying that in this atmosphere with no offseason, no, no preseason games, that rushed training camp. And I'm not just saying I've been saying it, like head coaches have been saying it, that this is going to be a really hard year for undrafted rookies to make it because they're not getting an opportunity. Right. It, just like Ray Kale didn't really get the opportunity. And he's a seventh-round pick, which is pretty close to being an undrafted free agent. Just like that. Just like what he was saying. So to have all of that and then four guys make it, those guys must have been really impressive. Well, now, I, have to say, I have to say that they were certainly looking for something, and they saw it. Well, I know if you talk about Cam Gill, the outside linebacker, who was one who made it, um, along with the guy we're going to be having as our guest here in a little bit. Um, he made it, I think, because he looked really good on special teams. He that was really the difference good. maker for him. Parnell Motley, the cornerback, made it despite the fact that he hasn't as of yet carved out a real big role on special teams. Right. Um, then the other two guys were the the offensive lineman, John Molshine, who I think they absolutely love. And they work him at center and guard and tackle. He's all over the place, okay? And then the other one was that wide receiver, John Hurst, who is really, really fast. He's, uh, he's really smooth. I noticed him right at the beginning of training camp. He's one of the guys that stood out to me. I don't know how good of a receiver he is, and he's from a very small school, but he's just really smoothly fast. Mm-hmm. And I think, he puts a, I think he had some great 40 time, like 4-3 or something like that. But it just looks – it's not choppy. It's like he's just like he's gliding. He's a smooth runner, yeah. Yeah. Those two guys made it through the 53, but then were immediately put on injured reserve. And the reason that happened that way is to be eligible to return during the season from injured reserve, you have to first make it through the, the cuts to 53. Right. A, a guy like Logan Logan Ryan, Logan Ryan, TJ Logan and John Franklin, those two guys went on injured reserve before the cuts, and they can't come back. They're done for the year. Right. And you do that if you have an injury that you know would keep, keep them out for the whole year anyway. You all right? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want them to be eligible to come back, they have to make the cuts first. Make it through the cuts first. They can't go on either before that. So uh, we did that with those two guys, then put them on IR, and then brought back AQ Shipley, who we had waived on Saturday, but surely knowing all along we were going to bring him back, not waived for at least because he was a veteran. All right. You you just need to take a Sip of your water. Well, I feel like I have to do all the talking because no. you're over there beep, 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 on your no, phone. You're, you're just jealous. I'm not jealous. I'm, you have notes in front of you. I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm you wait- are barely listening am, to what I'm I, saying. I am. Continue. Um, so You lost your train of thought. Those, the thing about that that makes that even more important this year is that because of to give teams more roster flexibility with the possibility of COVID issues, you can be on IR as, as little as three weeks and then come back. Right. That's a huge change. And the reason that it wasn't, and we've talked about this before, the reason the NFL went away from that decades ago is because teams would use it to stash guys that really weren't that hurt. 
But now it's almost like the league is saying this year that's cool. Wasn't it? Wasn't it back in the day you could uh, put a guy on IR and then you bring him back in October? I don't think there was any rules about when they could okay. come back. So yeah, and I, I remember that the Washington now football team was was legendary for doing Huge, that. Uh, they called George it their, George Allen was was big on. I that. think that's where where the phrase taxi squad came from. Yes. I think they called that their taxi squad. Yeah, because you were a taxi cab away from being back on the team. <laughs> so um, that it's almost like it's sanctioned uh, that chicanery with the um, with the injured reserve list just for this year. I don't, I don't think they'll keep that rule at all because it's just, just too ripe for um, being abused. Right. So those two guys could be in the mix, you know, by the end of September. You would, you, you, you all right? You're scaring me. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm not doing, yeah, I know. I got my ninth um, uh, negative test back yesterday. Uh, I think I had sit uh, I think you're ahead of me. I think I, had I started my sixth, back here earlier. Our fifth did. one. My mm-hmm. fifth one. Congratulations! I'm glad you're telling me that now. After we spent thirty minutes talking. Well, I wouldn't be here if I. Well, I understand, but now we have to do it on Fridays because we have to have that in time to go to the stadium on game days. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Nobody told you that. No. Well, I'm telling you now. Really? Yeah. You you need to adjust your schedule <clears throat> so you're doing it on Fridays. Huh. Right. We're serious. Are you serious? I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to start this week and then just do it every Friday from well, now. Well, yeah. Even if that, yeah. If that's the case, then sure. Then it'll save me from coming in on Sunday. I don't know why you did that anyway. You could just do it on Monday when you're already well, here. Well, I'm a creature of habit. I think you just want to get out of the house. No, not at all. <laughs> I like that. I know that. What? Uh, Louis C.K. has um, been rightfully um, kind of marginalized because of the bad things that he did. But he he did have some pretty funny bits, and I always remember one where he's talking about hitting a deer with his car. He says he left the house to go to Walgreens to, Walgreens to get toilet paper because he was out of toilet paper because I threw it all away in the <laughs> trash, so I'd have a reason to get out of the house. <laughs> That's always stuck with me. No, I think the reason why I did on Sundays is that. There was practice on Sundays, and that's when I started. And I wanted to come oh. in. I wanted to come in on that Monday. So okay. when I first started to come in, I needed to get tested. Right. I knew there was a logical reason why I would do Sundays. Well, we all are really happy to know that now. But I'm happy to know that I have to do something on Friday. I would did not know that. So, got anything right. else you want to talk about? Uh, no. no. I told you about my Tom Brady thing, and uh, yeah, that was really the best part. That was. That was my contribution. I, feel, I mean, there's a lot going on, but I mean, everybody, we don't really need to hash all of it out. No. You know, since the, in, a, in the matter of about a week, the Buccaneers added Leonard Fournette, who was mm-hmm. the fourth overall pick in 2017. Right. Josh Rosen, who was the 10th overall pick in 2018. Right. A new kicker, two <laughs> new kickers, two new kickers. Four rookies that make the team. No, there's no news. Tennessee last year had a lot of kicking problems, overcame them to have a very good season. And part of that was because Suckup was on IR to start the year. Then they brought him back, but he clearly wasn't ready because he only went for a six. When he left, they replaced him with Greg Joseph, who is now our other kicker. Hey, right. And Greg Joseph was only available because Stephen Goskowski, I guess, decided to – did he retire and then come out of retirement? Or I don't know. Anyway, He may have been in forced retirement. <laughs> um, he decided to sign with somebody and sign with Tennessee, and, and so the, they let Greg Joseph go like right before the season. So he was available for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Interesting little run for him. I, I, he picked, kicked one year, and I think it was maybe with Cleveland, and was 17 of 20 on field goals, which is pretty good. And then last year he had that five games with Tennessee, 
two in the regular season and then the three postseason games. And in those five games, he kicked 19 times, and they were all good. But 18 of them were extra points. He only had one field goal try. Because remember, the Tennessee, the Derrick Henry and the Tennessee offense was going nuts at that mm-hmm. time. And they weren't kicking field goals. They were scoring touchdowns. 18 extra points and one field goal in a five-game span. How do you remember all that stuff? You did not look down one time. Well, wouldn't it have mattered if I looked down? I, had, I don't have it written down. I, that's what I'm saying. How do you remember stuff like that? You know, you have to look things up sometimes to write stories and, and oh, just okay. stick. And just stick there. Okay. That's I mean, fair. that one stuck with me because it seems so weird. The first time I looked at his stat line, I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. How yeah. could he have nine nine extra points and only one field goal? <laughs> Actually, I think in the regular season, it was nine and no field goals. The lights just went out again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's not only me. It's not only me spacing out. <laughs> I'm a little confused. I am too. Hey, let's let's do this. Somebody has the word the words ten days written on that board. Yes, behind I you, see but that. it's written backwards. I know. I don't know why. Looking? I don't get it. I, I don't either. But this, everything's really confusing right it, now. It is. So why don't we why don't we um, change the subject and bring our player? All right, we'll talk that? to Quentin Bell, and then yep. in a certain in our third segment, we'll get to your questions. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. And this week we are really thrilled to be joined by a player a lot of Bucks fans probably haven't heard too much about yet, but will a lot more in the weeks and months to come. That's Quentin Bell, outside linebacker. Quentin, thanks for your time here today, man. No problem. Good to be here. Appreciate it. People can't see this right now, but but Quentin's actually talking to us. He's social distancing and he's wearing a mask at the same time. <laughs> I think he probably has to where he is in the building. Yeah. Quentin, the, the most interesting thing, for, I think, for Bucks fans to know about you and your path to where you are now is that three years into your career in college, you were a wide receiver. And now you're in, a few years later, you're an, on an active roster as an NFL outside linebacker. I mean, how did that come about? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the craziest part of my whole story. I mean, really – Long story short, um, my senior year, we got a whole new coaching staff at the at my uh, at my school, and the, the 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 new staff came in and they were like, "Hey, man, you know, you look like you could be a pass rusher, you know." <laughs> and and it really it kind of it was a slap in the face. And I'm like, "Wait, hold on, I've been playing receiver, you know, my my, my, my whole career here. I'm only probably 215 pounds at the time, you know. I'm like, man, like that didn't even seem like a possibility, yeah, uh, you know. But but I had to sit down." Uh, you know, with the D- defensive coordinator and, my, and the D-line coach. And they talked to me about, you know, the, the future NFL potential and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I look back at my three years at receiver and I felt like, you know what? I didn't do too much. I didn't have any great years. I didn't feel like I was going to get to the league as a receiver. So I felt like I had nothing to lose, you know? And I, and I, it was one of those decisions where I wanted to not look back and say, man, I should have tried it, you know? So yeah. I went ahead and did it. You know, I went ahead and made a decision. And to this day, it's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. You What's said that you said you were at two fifteen. What are you at now? Right now I'm at two forty five. So yeah, I, it was, it, and, and how and how does one gain thirty pounds and it's muscle, not fat? <laughs> oh man, this just a lot of hard work, man. I, I remember in college that last year, you know, I got with my strength coach and he gave me this meal plan, and it was a lot of extra lifting, a lot of eating food, and you know, I wound up putting on um about 20 pounds in you know two or three months that that summer going into that year so I, I came in like 235 almost 240 coming from fit 215 so I put in a lot of work did it was it an instant thing to just just work right away when you moved to defense or or was it a process trying to learn how to do all that stuff and develop pass rush moves and things um honestly it was a little bit of both you know I think the first day I switched it was spring ball and it just felt so natural to me it just felt like 
there wasn't any technicalities. There wasn't any route running. It would just kind of go out there and play ball, you know. <laughs> and and I remember my first day of practice, I probably got like five or six sacks just running around, be playing fast, you know, because <laughs> I, I, obviously, you know, speed is my thing. And so just getting off the ball, playing fast, I'm getting sacks in practice. And I'm like, man, like this is – I should have been doing this for, 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 a long, for you know, a couple of years now. But um, so I think that is a little bit of both. And obviously, once we started playing really good schools and, and things like that, you know, I had to really – keep my speed and, and, and play fast, but bring the technical part into it as well and start learning different moves and different ways to get to the quarterback. But I think it was a little bit of both. I definitely felt like just more natural at the position from day one. Would you would you be able to play this fast if you weren't a, right, a wide receiver first? Because you're used to looking at offenses, uh, you know, learning routes and whatnot. Now being a defensive player, you can pretty much read what they're doing. Um. I would say yes and no. I mean, I think, especially in my college years, I was playing a little bit more in than outside backer. So it wasn't really too much I had to worry about with coverages and routes. You know, I was kind of just rushing and playing the run. Uh, obviously, outside linebacker is different because we are more uh, involved in the passing game as well when it comes to dropping and coverages. So, yeah, it definitely helps me out, you know what I'm saying, with just knowing concepts and, and receiver body language, you know, all, all those kind of things that I was doing at receiver. Now I can kind of see it before it happens. So it does help out. When you got drafted, uh, the the broadcast said that it was a stump the trunk stump the truck moment for Mike Mayock because they couldn't find they didn't have any they didn't have any tape on you. Did were you expecting to get drafted? Um, you know what? That's another my answer to that. Another one is yes and no. I think that I trained so hard, man, for my pro day, and I feel like I killed my pro day. I killed it. Everyone wow. that knew me knew I was going to kill kill it. Um, you know, I did, I did great. Like I did great. I, I think I shed a couple of tears after cause I was like, man, wow. I know I, I left it all out there. That's um, awesome. So talking to my agent things like that, I was like, he was like, man, you might have a shot late, you know, just based off your pro day numbers, you know, yeah. forget the film, forget, you know, people know that you've just moved and you're, and you're still fresh at this blah, 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 but you did so good in your pro day. It might happen, but I was ready for anything. You know what I'm saying? I, if I didn't get the call in the seventh round or six, whatever it was, I was going to be ready to go as an undrafted free agent and, and, and try to make somebody's roster. But when, when it did happen, obviously it was, it was a pleasant surprise. It was great. And, um, but I, I think that it could have went either way. I, I don't know where my mind was really at. I was just ready for, you know, just to get to work either way. Yeah. Well, you weren't the first Bell to be drafted by the Raiders. Uncle, your, your, your Uncle Nick was. Right. What was that reaction? I mean, he was drafted as a running back in the second round. Right, 19, yeah. I mean, 1991, was, I think, before you were born. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I definitely wasn't even born yet. Um, and that's what kind of made it crazy, you know what I'm saying? The fact that I didn't even know if I was going to get drafted. And then when I do get drafted, is to the Raiders, who I grew up being a fan of. You know, my, oh. my dad, my uncle, we all been, I've been to one Raider game. That's a, that's a team that we always watched when we were all Raider fans growing up, you know what I'm saying? And then my name gets called on draft day. I get a call from, you know, from them and, and they drafted me. And it was it was an emotional day. It was an emotional time. You know, it was it was great. You know what I'm saying? So that was definitely just a you know surreal feeling. Okay. So last year you started out with the Raiders, uh, think maybe practice squad, but you ended up here, uh, which is obviously working out very well. And and now this time around you make the opening day roster, which has got to be a thrill for you. Um, was that because largely because of what you showed on special teams in training camp? Oh yeah, I, I think I think that played a Huge part, huge part, definitely. I mean, you know, BA made it very clear, you know, that um, special teams is a way to get on the roster, you know what I'm saying? Especially guys that are in my position, you know, that, you know, I'm playing behind Shaq, JPP, you know, two greats, you know, obviously. And then you got Nelson, who they drafted last year. So 
they made it clear that that's, those are their three guys, you know. And so the guys that were trying to fight for those last couple of spots, the special teams going to play a huge part. And I definitely put that 100% serious. You know, I think that just during camp, you know, getting extra meetings in with Coach Keith and just making sure that every day I'm showing them that, hey, you know, I can play all four special teams and get better at that. And I also get better at my craft on defense, you know. So I think that when the scrimmage came up, obviously having no preseason, um, that was going to be our first kind of preseason-like you know, experience. Obviously, we've been live in practice a couple of times, but that was more of a game-like situation with special teams and defense. So I made sure that you know, this is, if you only had one of these, I need to make sure that this opportunity, uh, will go out there and feel good about what I did. And so I, I think the special teams, especially in the scrimmage, really helped me out. Definitely. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in that scrimmage, I saw you have a real good rep against Tristan too, if I remember correctly, on a pass rush. Is, I mean, it seems like you showed up a little bit as a pass rusher in that uh, scrimmage also. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and, and that was a good opportunity, you know, for me too, because we were going ones versus twos. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I got to um, play the whole scrimmage against the the, the starting offense. Right. Um, so I felt like you know any plays that I made were going to be you know just amplified just because hey that these are the starters. You know these aren't you know whatever you want to say. So uh, yeah, but I definitely made a couple guys had a really good TFL against Tristan. I had I had a I had a sack. Um, I think towards the end of it that was really good. Just made sure that I was flying around. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, all the coaches know I'm fast and they know I'm a great athlete, but I wanted to make sure to show them, like, I'm not just fast. You know, I can I can perfect my craft. And, yeah, this is still a new position to me, but I'm an extremely fast learner. You know what I'm saying? And I think that in the scrimmage, I think I definitely showed that on film. Well, you, you did track and field during college, your college days? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I think it was, I want to say my sophomore year, uh, I ran track with them. We actually wound up finishing uh, 16th in the nation in the four-by-one. Uh, I was I was anchor leg. <laughs> yeah, your your high school coach said that he's never seen someone so athletic as you are. You know, Scott and I talk a lot about uh, a lot of guys or a lot of kids right now growing up. They focus on one sport. Uh, we know you played football, track and field, but did you do any other sports? Oh yeah, I played uh, I played basketball too when I was in high school. Um, I did, you know, in high school, kind of everybody plays everything. You know what I'm saying? If you're a good athlete, you're gonna play every sport. You um, should. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, we should play every sport. Yeah, so. Yeah, in high school, I definitely I played basketball. Um, I ran track, set a couple of records. I think I set the hundred meter record and two hundred meter record there. I think I still hold them both too. Um, the underlying and, uh, current here is fast. <laughs> uh, basically, you know what I'm saying. It, is there an alternate universe where you are now a um, professional motocross guy? I think it's a, I think I think it's a possibility. I think <laughs> it's a possibility. You wouldn't have outgrown it. I mean, are are motocross guys as big as you are? Um, honestly, I think there might be one or two. And, I, and it's funny because, you know, having conversations with my dad, I'm like, man, like, I think maybe like one guy, he's like 6'4". Um, oh, wow. But yeah, they're usually, you know, shorter guys, obviously. You used to do that, I, I read, right? That was a yeah. Program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was probably like one of the first sports that I really took seriously <laughs> for a lot, for a lot, for a lot of years, you know. And obviously, I think when high school rolled around and started talking about college and stuff, and it was kind of like, you know, we, we got, we got to pick one and, and uh, I wound up going, obviously, with, you know, football yeah. and, and trying to get, you know, a scholarship. So. Good decision. Right. Played out quite nicely. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, uh, Quentin, thanks again for your time. We told you we didn't keep you longer than 10 minutes because you guys' days are really busy right now. But if you just – one more thing before you go. What So fans know a little bit more about you. Other than football, and you can't do much right now because of COVID and all that, but what would you be doing for fun outside of the game? Oh man, just 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 for fun outside of the game. I I, I love being outdoors, man. I love oh, yeah? 
I love hiking. I love going on boats. I love, you know what I'm saying, the beach, lakes, fishing, you know, any, anything that involves just being outdoors, being in the sun, you know, with the family, with friends. I'm, 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 all, I'm all about that, man. I'm all about a good time. So. Well, you're in, well, you're in the right area. <laughs> right, right. I've heard. All right. Well, thanks again, man. Really good luck this weekend in the season, and, and we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate you guys. The Salty Dogs. And we're back one more time. What are we going to do in this segment, Jeff? You have my complete undivided attention. Oh, yeah, I'll believe that. No, one. my phone is down. I'm sorry. I'm so, it's just a busy. Throw, throw it in that trash day. can right there. Well, I don't want to do that, but get just in case. But yes, I've never, I've never gotten the people that do something bad to their electronics because they're mad or something. Like no. the people that smash a TV because yeah. their team just lost. Right. I mean, I get being mad, but that's just crazy. How stupid do you feel the moment after you do that? I, I have never gotten that mad where I want to. I'm sure I've gotten mad where I wanted to break something. Oh, yeah. I mean, but. I can remember watching. The the adult in me says no. Right. Especially if you're in your own home (laughs) and you're breaking your $5,000 flat screen TV. Oops. Idiots. Oh, well. The heat of the moment. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Okay. So we are in the question and answer segment of this show after speaking with Quentin Bell. Uh Uh-huh. That was an interesting story. Yep. I mean, the fact that he went from a 210-pound receiver to a NFL edge rusher is pretty incredible. How about how about his uncle getting drafted by the uh, Raiders? Nick Bell, I think? Yeah. What, where is Prairie View A&M? I want to say California, but... Well, that's where he's from, so yeah. probably so. It sounds like a Kansas school to me. Yeah, it does. Well, you would think, right? Prairie but View. But you're probably right. There. Is it a prairie dog? South Dakota's got prairies, so it could be in South Dakota. <laughs> the little prairie dog pumps it pops up. Is that? I wonder if that's their mascot. I mean, that's what I was saying. The Prairie View Prairie Dogs? Sure. That'd be pretty cool, actually. That'd be hard to say, too. You know, there's a... Um, I wonder if this is still true. I always thought it was funny. One of the California schools, I think it's maybe Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. their team's nicknames are the banana slugs. Mm-hmm. You know what a banana slug is? No. It's like this oh, it's giant, a... bright yellow slug. It's like a bug? Slug. Slug. Okay. You know, slimy slugs. You All see right. the little ones? This is like a giant. That's called an insect, yellow. or is that a bug? I don't it's think a slug. Are slugs insects? I don't know. That's the question. <clears throat> are slugs insects? I don't know. It's just something that it's slow moving. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Prairie. I'm, I'm looking this up. Prairie right. View. You can. It sounds like a plan. It's in Prairie View, Texas. It's in Texas. Oh, I've heard of Prairie View, Texas, now that you say it. All right, well, there's prairie dogs there, too. So, all right. Okay. Questions from fans. Have you ever seen a prairie dog? In zoos, they're unbelievably cute. Yeah, they are. There's this little thing. Shows. Oh, they're very cute. (laughs) Continue. They're one one of the best things at most zoos. Uh Uh-huh. And it's usually just off in the corner. It's not. It's not like featured or anything. But you walk by, like, oh gosh, it's the prairie dog. He just kind of pops his little head up. Equally cute are at aquariums. <laughs> Equally. The best things at aquariums are the um, the I can't. I don't know your arm. Your you're like not waving, beavers, but, but they're like water ferrets. Not beavers, like I. I no, I. It's a very common animal I can't think of right now. Anyway, they Apparently swim, not. swim around in the water a lot. They come up. They, uh, they're very cute. Platypus? No. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've ever seen a platypus. Okay. The Australian mammal mm. that lays an egg. Is that what it is? Yeah, and that's mammals don't lay eggs, but that particular animal is classified as a mammal, but it lays eggs. All right. Learn something once again during the Salty Dogs. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the questions, I say. 
It's bugging me that I can't think of that aquatic animal. All right. Seal. No, it's smaller, much smaller. I don't know. A non Hi, Scott and Jeff. A non-football question from me, which is a little out of left field. Hey, anything mm-hmm. to keep us smiling at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when the team does a rebrand, like they did in 2014, and again this year with the updated Buccaneer red color, color spelled with a U, so you know this yeah. question is from one of our UK fans. I like it. How long does it take to completely rebrand the digital services as well as every <laughs> physical entity like Ray J, One Buck, and the Training Center? Are you... Sn- no, I'm laughing because I I know people have been going nuts doing this. It's something I've always thought about whilst watching Hard Knocks and in the current great job, Jeff, because you're, you. you're the narrator for it. He says that. Yeah. I, I, didn't, said, I didn't give you a comment. I didn't say thank you, Scott. I said thank you. Thank you to Lee Tires. Lee, well. thanks. P.S. An interesting fact, I've never been to an English soccer game, however, have been to nine American football games here at Wembley slash Tottenham. Mm. Thanks, man. Many thanks, Lee Tires. I'm going to guess this is pronounced Bournemouth. I don't know. It looks like the first half looks like Jason Bourne's last name. Oh. And the second half looks like Mouth. It's like it's probably Bournemouth. Yeah. Or it could even be like Bournemouth or something, you know. I like Bournemouth. Um, Okay. (laughs) You can tell by Jeff's reaction that that is a significant issue anytime. I think the 2014 was the toughest one. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. No question. Because at that point, we were already in this building. And... There are all kinds of places where the flag logo is like in tile, you know, it's on the floor mm-hmm. in tile or, or yeah. marble, or it's a giant rug on in the carved locker room. In, carved in, in a table. It's carved in the it, table. No, yeah, it's carved in a, in a conference table, yes. On the backs of the chairs uh-huh. in the, in the dining room. dining room. We can look around and see it all over the place. And, yeah, I remember when they were making those changes in 2014. That This building had been open for eight years at that point. And it took – it was a long process. It was step by step. So Our marketing team does an excellent job of jumping all over that. And I, and I mean jumping because you – you cannot name all the places the logo is until you all of a sudden go, oh, wait, it's there. Oh, it's there. You know, yeah, Your like, emails has a logo. Look, we got all these flags out here. You know, all the flags. All the flag, that giant flags one. out back, flags here. I mean, yes, it is, it there's is a, a giant, project. There's a giant flag painted on top of the indoor facility out there. It says Go Bucks and there's a flag, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um so in 2014, it pretty much had to be changed because the, the, the Skull and Crossed Swords logo looked so much different than the one that they'd had from 97 through till then. Mm-hmm. It's a lot sharper and more detailed. Um, so it had to be changed. It would have looked very outdated. Um, the change in 97 was the biggest overall change from Orange and the Pirate with the, sword, the knife. Bronco in his mouth. Bruce. Bucko Bruce. Bucko Bruce. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that one was obviously the biggest change in terms of uniform, but we were still at the old facility, and it wasn't nearly as loaded down with oh. images everywhere. I don't think there was much at all, especially no. in the adjacent trailers where a lot of us were working. Mm-mm. From Marketing like, has changed greatly. I mean, to just pulling into the Edmund yeah. Health Training Center, yeah. you know, the, the signage and the flag. Some pretty cool-looking stuff. And all of that just... You know, and as crazy as it is, on the gates, those circles on the their gates circles right on the gates have the have, have, yes. It's mostly in most cases it's the flag logo, mm-hmm. and the good thing about 
this particular switch this year is the logo didn't really change in terms of how it's shaped or the elements on it. It's just the red is back to the original red. And in that case, I don't think it's that big of a deal if it takes a while to, to replace like those circles out there on the because you don't really necessarily even notice, mm-hmm. right? Some people would definitely what? notice. But it's not like you're going to walk in here and look at those circles and those flags right there and go, man, this is all outdated. It doesn't look that much different. Nope. But I'll say this. I'm glad it's not my job because they <laughs> yeah. have an eye for detail. And Lee, and Lee here also asked about like digital stuff, like anywhere it appears on the website and so on. And the problem with those things is there's so many pages on any given website that you might not find them all. No. And the other problem is after you look at it a while, you have to know the, the subtle differences. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I mean, you have to, and a lot of eyes are looking right. at it. I imagine that some of it is like a master, like you change it one place and it changes it all around. So, I don't think that's the case. Well, like on the masthead or whatever you call the top of, of a website, you just have to change it once because it's always going to be the same mm-hmm. when you go to different pages as an is example. It? I yeah. don't know. I don't know anything about that. I just know that so, you go there and there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's been it's an issue and it takes a while and it's a lot of work and and like you said, people with eye for detail and and noticing everything that needs to be changed. But it's this one I don't think is nearly as hard as 2014. You know, you 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 think about where the logo is. It's on I the just, cup you're holding. I just took a, a sip of water <laughs> and I went, oh yeah, that logo's on my cup. Yeah, <laughs> all they would really have to do for this one is to change the reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that could just be because of of being in the sunlight but either way now the uniforms themselves are a big change even though the logo didn't change a lot other than the color Mm -hmm. so they're back to being very close to what they were uh in the super bowl years which is apparently what the fans wanted yep and they are uh the the logo the logo is bigger than it was back then but i don't it's not going to be as big as it was since 2014 because they're trying to make sure it doesn't get across any of those snaps and buckles Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about all the different stuff over at Raymond James Stadium, uh, it, that is a process. Yeah, the that, too. It, yeah. It's, it's very, it's, um, you know, you're talking about inside the bowl, you're talking about concourses, you're talking about clubs, you're talking about suites, you're talking about locker room, l- locker room you're talking about little plaques that are on yeah. to say <laughs> what your suite is. I mean, it is, yeah. uh, and they do a phenomenal job, and they don't have a lot of lead time. And right. that's the other side. But is, my my contrast from like ninety seven to now, mm-hmm. if you had a the new stadium didn't open until ninety eight, which worked out well. But if you had all those sweet signs with Bucko Bruce on it, and then you switched, you've got to get those changed. Oh yeah, before the next game, Yo, you can't let people no. walk in there. But now, with the change in the flag logo not being that severe, basically just a different color red, yeah. you could probably get away with it being more gradual. No, but there's one thing you and I both know. Our ownership group, when they make a change, they want everything yep. changed, and, and they want it done right because that's who we are. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's certainly a good question, just, though. It's yeah. interesting. Out of nowhere, I kind of liked it. And once again, we, you know, last week, I believe all three of our questions were from different countries, mm-hmm. two of them in South America. This year, two of the three, because we just got one from the UK. And this one is our friend from Brazil. Okay. Ahoy, salty ones. Happy football season with five exclamation points. Oh, yeah. I was wondering how does it work for this protection of – I kind of already explained this. Protection of four players from the practice squad. Is every player available for that protection or only – or it only works for veteran players? Every Any one of the 16 or any four of the 16. And it can be different from week to week. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
And like I said, you you tell the league on, in a typical week with a Sunday game, you tell the league yeah. on Monday before four. It doesn't go in effect till Tuesday, Tuesday. But then they're protected from Tuesday until the day after the game. I think that's going to be fun to watch. I think that's going to be. Uh, I love an, the little wrinkles. I, yeah, I, I think that's. I don't love be, the reason that we're having to do it. No, no, no. But I think that's going to be one of those. You know, Mondays. You know, Tuesdays. Tuesdays are an off day. It's a little, a little slow. bit of extra news. Yeah, yeah. Something to something to look Who at. Are the Bucks or, predict, or, this or are they going to predict or protect or reasons why? You, you can you know. speculate. Sure, sure. Yeah, like I did earlier, <laughs> speculating because I, I they're. The team has to put that out, but they don't really have to say why. And certainly nobody's asked Bruce about it as of yet. So, um, And then you can you, – it doesn't have to be those four – it doesn't have to be from those four guys. But mm-hmm. it, we talked about this, that on game days now, you can promote two guys from your practice squad and have 55 available for you instead of 53 on game day. And then you can have 48 of those guys active – um, instead of 46, and, but to do that, you have to make sure you have eight offensive linemen active. Wow. So somebody was asking me as we were coming off the field at practice today. You have to keep track of this. This is a little mind boggling It's another thing, though, that makes you start thinking about strategy because somebody asked me as we were coming off the field today, every team's going to do that, right? Why mm-hmm. would you not protect – why would you not have 55 and 48 available when you have the option to? However, there could be some strategy to this. You you know I see that you've put your phone down, but it doesn't really count if you then walk over and yeah, stare at I'm it. I'm sorry, it just it blew up again. Um, well, I, I could talk for a little while now if you want to. No, you know. I'm I'm with you. I'm not even near my phone right now. I had to stand up. Um, why would you possibly not go to 55 and 48? Well, because you only have a limited number of options here um, during the season. You can only do that with a particular guy two times. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it with a particular guy two weeks, two games in a row. So that really adds more strategy to it because you have to try to project the future of when you might yeah. need this individual. I mean, you might like to have, let's say, Mazzy Wilkins because cornerback depth can be important. You might mm-hmm. like to have him up and be an, your sixth corner on the roster in week one. But then you'd be thinking, but we don't have any corners hurt right now. What if four weeks from now we have a couple corners hurt? Now, does we'll the, really need them. Does we, the pay change? or No. Did, did, they, it used to be, if, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will, that you, you would get your money if you're on the practice squad. But then if you made it to the regular roster, then your money would change. Because, because you were signed to a to, to another. You were t- signed to a new agreement. You were signed to an actual NFL contract, contract. not a practice squad contract. Okay. And there's minimums. But now this year, the the veteran minis, minimum is what? Two, I don't remember. 220? Something like that? It changes depending on how many years okay. you have. Okay. All right. All right, so so you have the same amount of money. I don't, so so I, the movement doesn't affect. I don't know your for dollars. sure. I know that the protection things don't affect your dollars, um, because this year you're not allowed to. You're locked into what you can pay practice squad guys. You can't decide to pay a guy more to yeah. make sure he comes here. Yeah, I would think I would think it would I would think it would have to be locked in because how else would you know what your cap was? Yeah, if you kept move, You know, he had to keep moving it. So, but the cap only only applies to the top fifty one salaries. So, if you get caught oh. up and are making the minimum, it wouldn't really matter. It doesn't. Okay. It's just a cash situation, not a cap situation. All right. But I can see that being the case. It seems like you should get paid like a, a pay a game check yeah. rather than if you're going to play in the I, game. Unless, unless you they, just get a prorated amount of what the minimum would be for one game. I yeah. would think that makes sense to me. I don't, I don't know. I but, can't say I don't know, though. But I would say it would be way too confusing, <laughs> you know, to have to figure out the math. So, Another thing from um, Alexander here, 
Uh, P.S. About those top five on the homepage of the Bucks app. Remember when I? It was during one of these podcasts when I noticed that. And yeah, I was and I explained it. you how to get your top five. The top five, uh, if you're on the Bucks app, which is better this year, I think, than it mm-hmm. was before. Not that it was bad before. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the nice little things is you. There's five little circles at the top, and you can choose what those categories are. So if you think you're going to go the roster more often, or, mm-hmm. or our podcast, which is you know uh, you should always have up on the top. What, what are you know what my mine are? Uh, no. Mine are news, photo, video, podcast, roster. Okay, and let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Are those the ones you chose? Yes. Okay, because Alexander's running into the same issue I have, and I have passed this along to somebody that is more involved in it than I am, seeing if there's an answer. I don't have an answer yet, but as he says, and the same thing happens to me, they don't stay. They don't save. It's not saving my five. Every time I go in there, I have to to reset my five. Hmm. So I always choose roster. But I well, roster's up there now. I had podcasts on there, and it's not there. I know I always take my tickets off because I'm not concerned about tickets right now. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow, if I change it now, I change the edit. So you say when you close it and then you open it up, it changes again? Yeah. So, and he's run into this issue as well. So uh, I will tell you, you're not the only one that's happened no, to it. I, I am just, trying to find an answer. I, I, I switched it around and then closed, and it came back, and it didn't, didn't change. Yeah, well, maybe check it again tomorrow. Oh, okay. I don't know. And maybe it doesn't happen to everybody. I don't know. Right. But it, it's happened to him, and it's definitely well, happened to me, so we I'm need gonna, to get, get that, to the bottom of that. We need to get that looked at. I mean, it's not the worst problem. No, world, but it's, it's no. If you know. take the time to set your five, you want your five. Got it. I want my five, man. <laughs> I want my five. All right. All right. Last question. All right. Dear Salty Fellas. Ooh. Do you think the Bucks did the right thing by signing Leonard Fournette instead of, say, a veteran edge guy or another cornerback? I feel like the depth is already pretty good at running back, while the team could use some help at those other positions. There obviously isn't much cap space to go around. Was this really the best way to use it? Either way, I'm jacked for the season. Love this roster and love this podcast. Thanks, guys. Tim Ahrens. I think E-H-R-E-N-S. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start here. I don't think this is an either-or situation. I like the move. I'm saying... You, if you if you saw the signing and, and the you know re, the waiver by the Jaguars, you you know that different people weighed in, different analysts saying, sure. how good is he? This good, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's not that good. Is he this good? Are we overrating him? Are we underrating him? And sure, there's a difference of opinion on how good, but I mean, he's clearly good. I don't know. We'll find out how good. And what did you give up? He got a relatively small salary for NFL standards, and you didn't. He was waived, so you didn't even have to. Um, you didn't have to. Uh, uh, give up draft picks or anything? So what did you, you replaced essentially? I guess Dario Gumbawale. That was the that, with Leonard Fournette. I'm sorry that Dario. Hey, Dario's a great dude, yes, but I, it sounds but like he's getting another opportunity. Another opportunity. Vegas. Yes. So that's a, that's the good. good news. I mean, what what's the harm? I think it's a great move, and he's only 25, so he could he could be there for a number of years. The fact of the matter is he had 1,647 yards from scrimmage last year, which is nothing and, to sneeze at. And I know everybody was ta- has been talking about his um, concerns in Jacksonville, but I have to say this. <laughs> they, if, if it was an isolated incident of a player having issues on a team, I say that's a player issue. But when you have a number of really good players having an issue, then I say I say then that might be a locker room issue. There are players that want it out so badly they wouldn't play, like um, uh, the, uh, the Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been players 
who after they left have said it wasn't great there. No. So, and that's not to say what is right or wrong, but it's enough to say there's a question mark there. Right. That there's something that you need to do your due diligence yourself. And Bruce says they did that. Uh-huh. They, they're comfortable with him. As he a said he talked to people that he trusts right. with evaluations and, hey, tell me what you think about this. And it's, it's the same thing we said with the reason they went out and got Ryan Suckup is because this is a team that's all in and thinks it can win the Super Bowl, and it's not going to let it be ruined mm-hmm. by kicking right. concerns. Same thing here. You're not going to take this team that you think is a great roster and put something in it that's going to blow it up. And if, and if he is an issue, you're not losing a whole lot right. to get him out of there. Yeah. You're and, not giving up anything. And if he is very effective, How I mean, the, uh, I guess one thing you would say is, is this taking away from Ronald Jones? who Bruce has said twice already it's his job, job, right? So, But if Leonard Fournette proves to be better than Ronald Jones this year, is that a bad thing? That just means you've got a good running back. All right, let's just look at Kansas City. Who was their running back last year? They had a lot of them. Okay, but who was their main guy they brought in? Uh, Shady. Yeah, he, well, he wasn't the main one at any point. Well, they, they had a rookie running back. Who ended up excelling really, really Dan well? Williams. Yes, or? and he's supposed to. And now hit. Okay. Now they so, got a new rookie this year. Yeah, but I'm saying last year on the run. So I like what Bruce said. You can't have enough running backs yeah. because they get nicked up, banged up. Each running back brings a little bit different. He can catch what I. I for Leonard to say this, I just blew me away yesterday when he when he he said, "I finally have a really good quarterback." <laughs> Well, and I think the other, and that's fair. That's I mean, I think the, the the other thing about that is he's also on a team where um, he's not. He, there are so many other weapons that yeah, you can't he, stack the box. Against and, and and that's what the Buccaneers did when we played Jacksonville last year. Devin we, White said their defensive game plan to stop Jacksonville was to stop Leonard Fournette. And they he said did. if we stop yep. Leonard Fournette, we will win the game, and they did, and they did. That's not the case now. No. You can't go into the game against the Buccaneers saying, well, the number one thing we have to do is stop Leonard Fournette. And, you know, I, I, I always like to equate it to uh, you do a job, you're at a company, and for whatever reason, it's just not it's just not for you. It's whatever, whatever the, it's just not working. And you go doing the same job somewhere else and you excel. It's just a change of scenery. When you change scenery, you change your own attitude. Um, because you have to learn different things. You're not in the same routine. Um, you know, Tom Brady made a comment that he's a little more, I don't want to say alive, but he's a little more like, oh, I have to pay attention. Where's my parking spot? Where's the bathroom? Where's, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot of fun for him. Well, it is. It's different. So it Makes um, you feel young again. I, I always remember John Lynch saying, as upset as he was when he left the Buccaneers, when he did get to Denver and after he started going, he felt like that was the best thing because it made him have to relearn and re-go into things. And then he went to four more Pro Bowls. There you go. There you go. He should be the There you go. There you go. So, all right. Well, really, the other half of this, though, is the concept that the Buccaneers had a little bit of cap space lying around at the end, and they chose to put it on running back instead of – outside linebacker mm-hmm. or cornerback. And signing Leonard Fournette doesn't preclude you from doing either of those things. If the Buccaneers really wanted to add a veteran that's still out there at either position, they would find a way to do so. 
I'm with you. Contracts can be restructured. I I think a lot's going to happen. I I think the 53 you start with is not going to. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of movement this year. Well, and then what happened was the reason people commonly bring up, and I've done it too during the off season and beginning of training camp, bring up that outside linebacker position is because you have JPP and Shaq, Mm -hmm. and then you have a bunch of guys behind them that between them don't have any career sacks. Like Anthony Nelson is being counted on to be the number three, but he didn't have any sacks as a rookie. I thought he looked good the last. He got I, rave reviews. I thought, I, I thought he really looked good this year. Now, it's not a game or anything, but just in I the practices that we – I think they need him to be this year's Carl Nassib, and I think he's going to be able to do that. He's bigger than you think he is. He's a, he's a tall guy. Yeah. He's, he's got, very tall. Got good wings. Very good wings. He's, I mean, he actually built a lot like Carl Nassib. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, though, they the guys that won were our guy. We just talked to Quentin Bell and then the rookie Cam Gill. And because those guys look like they have value on special teams, uh-huh. they feel good about what they got. And uh, and so I I don't think that internally there's necessarily this feeling that we got to go out and get another veteran outside linebacker or another. Nope. There's probably not a good corner out there available anyway. So okay. So, Time no, Tim. Looks. Good no. question. Thanks for yep. the compliments, but no. I don't, okay. I don't think that that's – I don't agree with the compliments. There you go. All right, that it? Okay. i got to run. Do your thing. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.